This is Bigger Pockets Daily. I'm your host, Tyler, and happy Friday to you. This is the show where I read articles from some of the sharpest minds in real estate investing. If you want to hear interviews with some of the authors of these articles, check out the Bigger Pockets Real Estate Podcast, hosted by Brandon Turner and David Green. We know you've heard it before. Cash flow is getting very hard to find. There's always long distance investing, but you may be thinking, I don't have a team, enough experience, or the market knowledge to get in. That's where you're wrong. And it's also where Rent to Retirement comes in. Rent to Retirement offers fully turnkey properties that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed, allowing you to invest out of state with confidence. They've got single family, multifamily, new build, and syndication opportunities across multiple markets. They even have bird deals with immediate equity. Rent to Retirement helps investors learn how to build a bulletproof business plan with the best investment and tax strategies around to help you reach financial freedom through real estate. There's no excuse not to get started in real estate investing when you have the right team and systems already in place. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're trying to close on your next rental. So why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. It is Nonfiction Friday. Welcome. So today is an excerpt from the book on advanced tax strategies by Amanda Hahn and Matt McFarland. You can find out more about the book at biggerpockets.com slash taxes daily. It's an excerpt from chapter two, the do's and don'ts of accelerated depreciation. Never put off till tomorrow what may be done day after tomorrow just as well. Mark Twain. 
Megan has been working at Dot Tech as a software engineer for close to eight years. In fact, she was one of the first 10 employees to join the company. Over the past eight years, the company has grown from a startup firm with fewer than a dozen employees to a now recognizable household brand with close to 100 employees and five different offices across the United States. As one of the key employees in the company, Megan often spends many overtime hours at work. Thankfully, her husband James has a more flexible job as a marketing consultant, so he is able to help out quite a bit at home and with the kids when needed. To help retain its employees, DotTech has been issuing restricted stock units, RSUs, over the past several years. Previously, none of the restricted stock units really had had an impact on Megan's taxes in any way. But this will be the year that a large chunk of Megan's restricted stock units will vest. Megan doesn't know too much about how RSUs will impact her taxes, but she has heard horror stories from some of her friends in the tech space who had received RSUs in the past. Her friend Rachel said that when the stocks vested, she ended up paying over 45% taxes on the fair market value of those stocks. Megan and James do not want to lose close to half of their windfall to taxes. Instead, they want to get into real estate investing with this money. James's parents were successful real estate investors. Growing up, James and his siblings were able to spend a lot of time with their parents, who had the flexibility and financial freedom to do so. Now that they have grandkids, James's parents have been able to set aside some money for the grandkids' future college education. These financial benefits were the fruits of their labor from many years as real estate investors. Because they knew the freedom and financial security that can be achieved with real estate investing, Megan and James made the decision to use her RSUs from work to kickstart their investing venture. With the success of .tech, it looks like the fair market value of Megan's restricted stock units will be close to $500,000. That's a good chunk of money to get them well on their way to real estate investing. However, if Megan's friend Rachel is correct, then Megan could lose close to half of the RSU value to taxes. Assuming there will be taxes of 45%, the cash that Megan and James will have after paying taxes on the $500,000 and selling the RSUs will only be $275,000. This just does not sit well with the couple. They know that there has to be a better solution for this. After all, hadn't they heard there were many tax loopholes for real estate investors? Since they plan on investing in real estate, maybe some of the real estate strategies can help them reduce their upcoming tax bill. James has always prepared their taxes in the past. Things were simple enough with Megan's W-2, his sole proprietorship consulting income, and the interest in taxes on their primary home. From time to time, they would make some charitable donations, but other than that, taxes have been fairly straightforward for them. But this year will be different. How will the RSUs be taxed? Will they be able to use their real estate investing plan to reduce the taxes on the RSUs? As much as James wants to tackle this himself and search online for answers, he knows this is too risky a task to take on by himself. He doesn't want to step over a quarter to pick up a nickel. They decide to do some research and find Mark, a reputable CPA who specializes in working with real estate investors. To their surprise, even though their main concern is the large tax bill on the upcoming RSUs, 
Mark starts the meeting by asking Megan and James to elaborate on their overall financial goals and their plans with respect to real estate investing. Megan begins by telling Mark that James is expected to make around $100,000 of consulting income this year. Her annual salary will still be the usual $200,000, similar to previous years. Her RSUs will vest this year, and the estimated value of those will be around $500,000. Their plan, if possible, is to sell the stocks immediately upon vesting and turn them into cash of $500,000. They will then use that money to purchase a rental duplex for $500,000. Because James is self-employed, he will then reduce his consulting time and focus solely on real estate in order to qualify as a real estate professional for tax purposes. Although they do not need the cash flow from the rental for living expenses, they want to use real estate to build cash flow and for appreciation so that they could be financially free, just as James's parents were. The only problem, Megan says, is that it looks like they will first need to pay $225,000 in taxes and can only use the remaining money to start their real estate investing venture. Mark leans back in his chair, and a big grin appears on his face. According to Mark, it is possible to protect some of the RSU income from taxes. It is also possible to use rental real estate to create cash flow without paying a ton in taxes on the rental income. These goals could be accomplished with the following steps. 1. Sell the RSUs once they vest. 2. Use the cash from the RSUs as a down payment on rental properties. 3. Use leverage from banks, in addition to the down payment, to purchase rental real estate. 4. Maximize rental expenses to offset rental income. 5. Use accelerated depreciation to create a large tax loss. Mark explains how the RSUs will impact Megan and James's taxes. First, restricted stock units are taxable as part of W-2 wages in the year of vesting. The amount in taxable income is generally the fair market value of the stock at the time of vesting. As such, since the fair market value of Megan's RSUs will be $500,000 at the time of vesting, Megan's W-2 this year will increase by $500,000. The goal, then, is to use rental properties to reduce taxes on this additional $500,000 of income. Instead of Megan and James using the cash from the RSU sale to buy an all-cash property, Mark encourages them to consider using leverage to invest in real estate. Leverage allows them to use borrowed money, purchase more investment properties, and grow their real estate at a faster pace. In this case, leverage means using the traditional route of bank financing, saving up money for a down payment, and then getting a loan from the bank to purchase a property. Instead of using all of their funds to purchase a duplex with all cash, it could make more sense to purchase three duplexes for a total of $1,500,000 with just some of their funds as a down payment and taking on a loan for the remainder. Even though this could result in less cash flow, it could also result in higher appreciation to have three properties rather than getting all their cash tied up in one property. On the tax side, it makes sense to use leverage to purchase multiple properties instead of buying an all-cash property to maximize tax savings using depreciation. Common Depreciation Myths Revealed Depreciation can be an investor's best friend when it comes to tax savings. 
Depreciation is an annual income tax deduction in which the IRS allows an investor to write off the decrease in the property cost each year. We take a tax deduction on our rental properties when we may not have suffered any actual loss on the property, also commonly referred to as a paper loss. Depreciation, under the IRS definition, is a tax deduction that allows a taxpayer to recover the cost of a property over time. It is an annual allowance for the wear and tear, deterioration, or obsolescence of the property. The IRS dictates the depreciation lives for different types of assets. Residential rental buildings, for example, are generally depreciated over 27 and a half years. Land, on the other hand, is not depreciable. For example, if Megan and James purchased a duplex for $500,000 that was made up of $75,000 of land and $425,000 of building, the depreciation on that rental property would be $15,455 per year. Assuming a federal and state tax rate of 45%, this could save them close to $7,000 in taxes each year. $425,000 divided by 27.5 years equals $15,455 depreciation every year. Mark suggests that Megan and James consider purchasing not just one property, but three duplex rentals, because by using leverage to purchase more rentals, they increase cash flow and appreciation as well as the annual tax savings. If Megan and James purchase three duplex rentals for a total purchase price of $1,500,000, this can mean tax deductions of $46,365 from depreciation alone. $15,455 times three equals $46,365 depreciation each year. An important thing to understand about depreciation is that the amount you write off is not dependent on how much money you put down to purchase the property. Rather, it is based on the purchase price of the property. For example, on a $500,000 property, you take the same depreciation expense whether you put 20% down or if you put zero money down. This means that it is possible to use depreciation to get tax write-offs even if you paid no cash out of pocket. Megan and James's money could either be used to purchase one property to depreciate or to purchase three properties to depreciate. Same out-of-pocket amount, but a much larger depreciation write-off once leverage is added to the equation. Another important item to note is that depreciation is available as a write-off regardless of whether the property actually increases or decreases in value. Even if a $500,000 property declined in value at the end of year one and is now only worth $450,000, you are still able to write off your depreciation based on what you purchased it for. Everything sounds good so far to Megan and James. They love the idea of using leverage to purchase more rentals to increase cash flow and for appreciation purposes. With Megan's high W-2 income, they do not see a problem with obtaining bank financing at low interest rates that will allow them to still cash flow the properties. However, even with leverage and the acquisition of three properties, the estimated depreciation deduction is only roughly $46,000. That hardly puts a dent in the taxes they are projecting of $225,000. The next step, Mark says, 
is to use a cost segregation study to accelerate the depreciation expense and use that to reduce their anticipated large tax bill. Megan and James have heard of the term cost segregation, but are not too familiar with the concept. Based on the limited information they have read about cost segregation online, it seems to be used for large properties, such as apartment buildings or commercial shopping centers. This is the first time they've been told it might help benefit smaller investors such as themselves. They are eager to hear Mark explain the ins and outs of how this can help them. There you have it. Another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily in the books. Interested in taking your learning to the next level? Register for a free webinar. They're live, they're free, and we do them every week. Sign up at biggerpockets.com webinar. And I'll see you back here tomorrow.